Welcome to Fruitful and Multiplying, a podcast from the Jewish Fertility Foundation. I'm your host, Ilana Frank. The first commandment in the Bible is to be fruitful and multiply. But what if, due to infertility, that path isn't so straightforward? This is a podcast about the fertility path less traveled. From the inspiring and the inspired, and the cutting-edge technology and science that continues to evolve to make it all possible. All right, here we go. When I think of a coach, I have flashbacks to running in the gym, sweaty during high school. What if I told you that there was a different kind of coach, specifically one in the infertility, fertility world, who would hold your hand from the very beginning to the end of your journey? I wish I knew this person when I started going through um, everything that I went through. So today we have an opportunity to hear from Lauren Herring. She's an incredible fertility coach. She began her career as a fertility nurse in 2004, and she's held various impressive positions from director of nursing to managing the Fertility Preservation Center to consulting in private practice. These different jobs have culminated in Lauren's career as a fertility coach at her business, Embrace Fertility. We have so much to learn from Lauren as she combines her knowledge of medicine with her passion for integrative approach to fertility. So Lauren, welcome to Fruitful and Multiplying. We're really excited to get started. All right. So we have so much today to learn from Lauren as she combines her knowledge of medicine and her passion for integrative approach to fertility. Lauren, welcome to Fruitful and Multiplying. Thank you so much for having me, Alana. I'm really excited. I'm excited too. All right. So you were just telling me before we started, we actually have talked before. Tell me about that. Yeah. uh, Years ago, I guess it must have been in the very beginning of JFF, um, I came across your site And when I was working at the fertility clinic at the time, I was um, training new nurses and really trying to help them understand what the patients were going through. And I remember so vividly the video on your website, just the swings in the beginning of it. I I mean, it was so powerful, the connection. um, And it was such, I feel like a treasure that I found it and found you um, because from there, I just, everything blossomed. And I think all of my nurses that I was training, they really were able to just get a little bit of a picture, just, you know, a, a snapshot into what patients might feel. And I remember that video well. It was of um, our clients and grantees, Yael and Brian, and they have a cute, I mean, he's not even a baby anymore, but they have a child. Sure. Um, <laughs> thanks to modern medicine. But I know they went through many, many years of hell trying to get their their baby. Um, all right. So let's let's dig in. Uh, who are you? Why nursing? Talk, talk to us. Why did you start your career in nursing? Um, well, it was always destined to be medicine. My whole family is in medicine. So growing up, everything was medical. Our family dinners were, uh, you know, talking about uh, all different kinds of health aspects from uh, both a podiatrist and a gynecological level. So we were very candid. So I was always going to, into medicine. Uh, but when I was in nursing school, I actually was an egg donor. And it sort of happened by accident. I just filled out an application to see if I could get some money to help me pay for school. And um, the experience that I had the first time I did it was so amazing 
the nurse who took care of me, I just, I loved her so much. And I connected and I said, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to do what you're doing on the other side. So basically I went straight from nursing school to a fertility clinic and I was there for over 16 years and basically took care of, uh, of course, patients all through their fertility journey, whether it was um, uh, intrauterine insemination, IVF, donor egg, but um, moved on to then director of nursing and practice manager. And as I kind of moved a little bit further in the organization, while I still had some direct patient care, I was really able to see more of the pain points the patients were having and what was missing. So that's what led me in 2019 to start Embrace Fertility. So I could use my knowledge and my compassion to help bridge the gap that so many of the people that I saw coming into the clinics, they were just missing this really important piece of the whole care of their fertility journey. So. Wow. Impressive. Um, okay. Before we get into embrace fertility, because we're going to dig deep about that. I want to hear more about your donation experience. Like what was that like? Where are yeah. you at with it today? Um, oh gosh, I, I love it. I, I, uh, I'm so grateful. I actually used to speak at our donor egg recipient, um, informational meetings, from the fertility clinic, as much as I really don't like public speaking and really don't do well, um, I felt it was such an important message that they hear about why a donor might donate their eggs. Um, and so I spoke very candidly to you know that type of that that audience um, because I I feel so important. I, I was educating my parents; they didn't even understand what I was doing, and they were medical. And and so you know just sharing that and raising awareness, I think, is so important. And so. I'm so grateful for what I did because not only did it lead me on the path to my career that I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else, but it also helps me educate the community. I've donated my eggs many times. Um, I'm also Jewish, so I went through a little bit more of a process back in the day. I can say that because this is like decades ago, um, but it, it definitely helped, of course, me for my own fertility, understand more and be able to uh, have a little bit more control over what I wanted to do. And so what went through more of a, a process being Jewish? Um, a little bit more testing and uh, back, got it. I, I, I hate saying back in the day, but it, it seems like there was a little bit more steps or hoops to jump through uh, because of that. Um, and so. Um, but beyond, but beyond that, it was a one-time thing, and then each donation didn't didn't have any different effect on. So um, I, I truly uh, am grateful for what I was able to give. Um, some of the outcomes, uh, you know, I certainly don't know, but I of course wish them all well. Uh, I do remember very uh, much so at the time I was young, and so I had to really sit and consider what this meant for my own future. Uh, but that's one of the things that I spoke so much about is, is I never viewed this as donating a child. It was simply a cell, something I couldn't see. It's not tangible, you know, so truly donating the chance for another, uh, somebody else to grow their family. So to this day, I, I'm grateful. I will continue to be grateful. I educate so many people about it, um, especially people in the medical field. I'm sure you're aware 
one in four uh, female physicians goes through some sort of fertility struggle. So pretty much all of my friends now who have kids that are going into medical school, I'm trying to educate them about, you know, encouraging their daughters to, you know, be aware of their options. And, and that's really what it's about is, is making an informed decision. One more question about this, and then we'll move on, I promise. What if when one of your, you know, offspring, or how do you, how do, what is your language when you're talking about um, potential children from yeah. your biology? I know language is such a, such a thing. As a recipient, right? Like I'm so right. caught up in it. Now it's not a big deal for my family as much, um, but mm -hmm. basically what if somebody at 18 years old, nothing's anonymous anymore, um, finds you? Where I are you at with that? Would, I mean, I certainly would understand their desire, um, absolutely, to know where their genetics come from. And, and you know, you can only get so much from a little bit of a profile. Um, so absolutely, I understand that. I certainly can't say it's something I would want to happen, right? Yeah, I did this anonymously because that, that was, you know, the, the goal uh, at the time. I want to help somebody. I don't want to have a link or a connection. Now, I always said, if God forbid they needed something medically that only I could provide, then I'm so happy to provide, you know, whatever, what, you know, or discuss providing whatever is needed. But, um, you know, barring that, it's certainly not something like I would refuse, but not necessarily a relationship that I want to, to grow. You know, I have my own family. I consider my family to be my family. And this is simply just from an egg I donated. This is somebody else's family, somebody else's child. I think that's a really, um, it's the other side of it from, from my world. Like I'm always curious, my son's, um, biological mom were in touch. Um, and it was always open from the beginning. She's a single mom by choice. So she chose donor sperm and I can't even imagine what he was all, he was probably young. I, I don't know much about him aside from the profile. It wasn't somebody I chose, but I have so many questions, but I get it. I mean, it, he, for whatever reason, donated his cells to help somebody. His reasons, but it's helpful to hear your side of things. Um, all right. So after nursing school, you, so first of all, you worked at a clinic for 16 years. That's just impressive anyway. Talk to us a little <laughs> bit about what you saw, what you experienced, what you learned. Um, yeah. Um Truly, the fertility clinic, that was my family. Um, it still is my family. Uh, I am very close to so many of the people who are, are there and, and who have moved on. Um, I learned everything there. Uh, beyond, Had I not donated my eggs, I never would have known about the fertility field. That was something I learned 100% just from donating my eggs. We really didn't back in the, uh, when I was in nursing school, they really didn't focus on fertility. So now, you know, hopefully they've got a, a significantly, you know, broader coverage on that topic. But when I started at the fertility clinic, it was so much training and learning. The curve was like a year long before you felt like you stopped asking questions every day. So I appreciated so much everybody who, you know, took me in and was, was uh, a teacher so that I could of course then go on and teach the next person. Um, but what I did there, I did everything. 
Um, I, I took care of so many patients uh, throughout their journeys, many long journeys. Most ended well, of course, some not, uh, not with the best endings. Um, but I have so many memories. I have patients who became friends. Um, I personally was able, because it was legal in my state for uh, a nurse, for an RN uh, to perform insemination. So I was able to perform intrauterine inseminations. And I, you know, feel very um, obviously warm and fuzzy about the fact that I was, you know, such a part of being able to help some of these families be created. So of course that makes me feel great. Um, but then as I, you know, was of course very uh, organized and uh, on top of things, I moved up a little bit and, uh, gain more responsibility, more clinical training. But I also then, as I became um, more on the uh, the management side, practice management, I learned so much more about the business um, that I never wanted to know. I didn't go to school for this, but um, that that's what helped me learn a little bit more about the, you know, the, the focus of also looking at what patients, you know, where, what they're looking for, what they, what's, what they're not looking for in fertility support. And so I really learned a lot just from kind of the bird's eye view. Um, and basically then that's what led to embrace fertility. But um, I can't say enough about how much I loved my fertility clinic. Uh, only one time did I ever consider leaving them. And that was only because the commute would have been seven minutes instead of like an hour to an hour and a half. <laughs> Uh, but that was it. It, I, it was my family and I loved what I, what I did there. Um, I certainly miss some of what I did, but now I have such a connection and an ability to really truly support uh, these women and couples going through fertility treatment that it, it just gives, it fills me on a different level. Okay. First question. What state are you in? Where are you sitting? <laughs> so uh, I used to be in Virginia. Uh, but a couple of years ago, in the middle of uh, the pandemic, I moved down to Florida. Uh, so we're in Florida. Yeah. Uh, I am in Boca Raton, like right above Fort Lauderdale. Okay. I know it. Um, just as an aside, we have an office. Uh, we just opened our sixth office in greater Washington. So I, I know I yeah. saw that. And then um, we're in Tampa, but South Florida is on our radar. So FYI. Um, okay. So a couple questions just following up. So what are some of the things that as a fertility nurse, like you really connected with aside from helping to make babies through IUI that, I mean, that's pretty incredible because I haven't heard of that. Um, and what were some of the things from the management side that opened your eyes to say, Hey, maybe there's a gap that I can fill with services that perhaps don't exist. Right. Um, so, so on the management side, um, I also did uh, a lot of work connecting with the local um, OBGYNs, um, trying to educate them on, you know, when to send a, a patient on to a specialist. And a lot of those discussions with the OBGYNs and their staff who would see patients both before and after they came back from fertility treatment to deliver, they would get a lot of feedback about what patients liked and didn't like and their good experiences and the horror stories. And um, I, I actually developed a good relationship with a lot of them. So that gave me kind of not just the fertility clinic side of, of you know, things, but 
also the whole next level, which, you know, when they step into the, into their OB office, which is the first and the last place they're going in this journey, uh, they really have quite an impact and can share a lot with them. So it definitely was good feedback to hear and helped me understand more so what was missing from their journeys. Patients would ask me when I was a, a nurse taking care of them through their journey, what else should I be doing? And I'm like, well, if I, if the doctor had a protocol for it, you know, you would definitely be on it and doing it. But, you know, not every doctor is the same. Everybody has their own experiences and training and, and um, you know, way of doing things. So you can go within the same fertility clinic, see multiple doctors, and they all do it differently. But it's really something that um, I think that being exposed, of course, to all of those doctors, of course, gave me uh, an ability as a nurse to see what type of person the patients would click with more or, or what was lacking from the doctor that the nurse needed to kind of come in and make up for if the doctor was a little more arrogant, maybe the nurse needed some more empathy, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Some doctors held hands and didn't like to give the hard news. So there was a mix and it really, as a nurse, it, it almost, you are going through like, you know, counseling as well with your patients. So it gave me just such a, a well-rounded view of what the patients go through and how I can help them and, um, you know, what they need from there. So I think I'm getting it. Fertility coach. So you're a fertility coach, right? You taking, so what does that mean? What different services are you providing? Who's your typical client? You're taking all right. that disconnect, right? And now you're able yeah. to what with your clients? Right. So my clients, um, they either, um, are, just trying on their own, or they may already be in treatment. Um, and so what I do, I eat, sleep and breathe IVF. I've frozen my own eggs. I've been through the donor cycles. I've been on both sides of the needles, the ultrasounds. I definitely, you know, get the feelings physically and emotionally. So I, you know, I use a lot of that, um, to, uh, help me when I, uh, take my patients through IVF coaching. So basically I partner with my clients throughout their entire IVF cycle. And that's what's really missing. They get, you know, a little bit of information from their clinic and then they're left to go with Dr. Google to figure out what their medications are. Why, you know, why am I taking this? They may not even know what to look up. So I work really hard to make sure that my clients, once they get their protocol from their clinics, that I educate them on why the doctor may be uh, ordering this certain medication, what it's going to do to your body, how you may feel, what to expect, um, you know, some tips along the way to help kind of with the physical symptoms that somebody may experience going through IVF. Um, and we basically make sure before they go in for that very first appointment, they feel comfortable and confident about what they're about to step into. Because we all know if anybody's familiar with IVF, it's complex. It's a lot. Um, even medical professionals have a hard time going through IVF. It, it's just, I see a lot of nurses who can't give themselves injections and they struggle with it more than some of my patients in the past have. So in the, basically in the beginning, I just make sure that my, my clients really feel 
comfortable. They have my direct contact information so that we can make sure um, wherever they are, my clients are all over, which is great. Um, everything I do is virtual, so they can be in the comfort of their own home while we talk. And basically, from there, we talk every day of monitoring to make sure after they receive their results from their clinic, what do those results mean? So many times you just hear, this is what your, your uh, doctor wants you to do, come back in two days, and there's no real explanation. And so I think it's so important to be your own best advocate to understand what do the hormone levels mean? Why does the doctor maybe want to go up or down on the dose? Um, you know, and, and what are the next steps? Maybe some questions to ask at the next monitoring visit that you know, might not have been thought of. Um, of course, reminders about medication monitoring because a lot of people, uh, it's as on top of things as you can be, uh, IVF meds are something that are easy to run out of. So, you know, it's one of the things I'm like the little birdie on someone's shoulder, just ensuring that they've got all their T's crossed, I's dotted, and, and then when they need to talk or vent or cry, I'm, I'm there for them for that too. Um, since you were in the management side for a period or got to check it out and see what was going on, do you ever feel like you're helping your clients advocate um, for other than just best practices medically? Like there's so much I find in some cases with our clients, there's a disconnect between the finance department and the nurses and the doctor and the treatment and timing. And we've had so many situations that we've had to go in and help empower our clients. Is that something that you work with them as well? So absolutely. Um, I, I think it's so important to, to advocate for themselves. And, and that's one of the things I give them as much resources uh, as I can uh, along the way. I've got a lot of printable resources about you know questions to ask so that they can make sure when they're talking to their clinical team, they know what they're asking. And then on the financial side, so there's no surprises uh, because a lot of things come up unexpectedly. And the last thing you want is it to be something financial in the middle of an IVF cycle. Um, so same thing on the genetic side and embryology to make sure in advance, you know, things are planned for as much as possible. Of course, everyone needs to be flexible. I talk about that all the time. IVF, nothing is a straight line, but you know, there are things you can do to avoid most of the bumps and absolutely advocating for yourself every step, you know, where possible, it makes a huge difference. Are you seeing um, tangible results when it comes to like stress management? And I mean, that's what I think of, aside from the practical, just having somebody there who knows what in fact is actually happening, especially if it's your first time, you're going through it, you have no idea what questions to even ask. But in terms of the level of stress with an individual or a couple that you're working with, can you, can you, I guess, I mean, not notice, but what are some of the benefits around stress management in working with you? Yeah, well, I mean, when you said that, it just, you brought me back to a, a feeling. I mean, it's almost, you can almost palpate the relief uh, when I talk to my clients for usually just the first time because there are so many people that are fertility coaches out there who've been through it themselves. And so they absolutely understand, you know, a good bit of the process and all of the emotions that go into it. Uh, but having somebody with the, the medical background and training, you know, does give an extra, an, an extra layer there. 
And so it, it seems that when I talk to my clients, they just, that you can almost, you know, see, even though they're not local um, in front of me, but you can see that, that sigh of relief and just knowing that they've got someone in their corner who is not, you know, there's no ulterior motives. hundred percent. My, my goal is for them to be educated and feel supported. I never go against their clinic. My, my role is never to say, oh, I don't think you should be doing that. It's Hey, maybe ask your doctor why they want you to do this so that you, you know, we can make sure you really are understanding the purpose of X, Y, and Z. Um, but reminds it's me of a, birth, a birth doula, right? Like I had yeah. a doula yeah. for my, so she wasn't really allowed to ask the doctor questions, but she could, you know, a, say, Hey, have you thought about this? And it's ultimately my decision, but I wouldn't have thought about it because the first time I gave birth, I had no idea what was going, you know, you don't know. Um, and it's so helpful to have that person by your side. It's like just a confidence booster. Um, and that's exactly it. You, you don't know what you don't know it, until you experience it with so many things in life, but especially with IVF, there is just so much unknown. And if any of the uncertainty and the, the stress can be removed, um, it's, it's something that all of my clients um, have always felt an immense amount of relief. And, you know, I'm so grateful uh, for the good feedback, but it, it really is whether it's, you know, a fertility coach of, of um, you know, somebody who's been through the treatment themselves, just having somebody with you, a buddy, a partner, an ally makes such a difference going through any of this treatment um, for sure. All right. Final tips. How can you help our listeners many of whom are on their fertility journeys. What secrets can you share with them? Final tips, help with their stress management. Yeah, um, final tips. Well, everybody is unique. Do not compare your story to anybody else. Every single person going through fertility struggles has different variables and, and reasons for being here. So that's my number one tip. My number two tip is to be kind to yourself. Um, really, everybody needs to stop and take a moment and remind themselves how hard this is and how much you've been through um, and, and how dedicated you are to have gone through this much and continue to, to keep going. So it's something to, to really be uh, proud of yourself for. As far as tips for going through a, an IVF journey, I think it is so unbelievably crucial to advocate for yourself. So always, always ask questions. Um, there should never be a time where they don't want to give the information to you. Uh, they just may not freely offer it if it's not asked. So always ask your nurse or your fertility team about how uh, your results are looking. If you don't understand something, speak up and ask. The internet, it is a great place for a lot of things, but not every everybody does it the same way. And so the best, most reliable way is uh, getting the information from your actual fertility clinic. So that's that's hugely important to make sure you are speaking up, advocating for yourself, and uh, and not just sitting back, being along for the ride. And if folks want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, they can go on my website, which is embracefertility.com. Uh, I do offer uh, a free initial phone call with me so we can talk about where their fertility journey has taken them so far and how I might be able to help them. 
And you can do that right through my website. Lauren, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I'm so glad we reconnected. And um, this was wonderful and super informative. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Fruitful and Multiplying. And as always, reach out with more podcast ideas and feedback. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Jewish Fertility Foundation.